The 2022 NFL Draft showed us exactly why Miami had to go out and get Mario Cristobal. I am your host, Alex Dono, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida radio host, including pregame and postgame on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So first things first, let me start with the good before we get to the bad as we are coming out of the 2022 NFL Draft. A sincere congratulations to John Ford. Former Miami Hurricanes nose tackle, selected 234th overall. That's a seventh round pick, folks, by the Green Bay Packers. I'm so happy for John Ford that he's getting this NFL opportunity. I know it's no picnic for seventh round picks. Depending on what kind of a situation you're walking into, it's no guarantee seventh rounders make the team. Sometimes you'll see certain undrafted free agents make it, and sixth and seventh round picks don't always. It's a weird business, the NFL. Ford is going to have some competition there because in the same draft at the 28th overall pick in the first round, Green Bay also selected Georgia defensive tackle Devontae Walker. So they got Walker 28th overall, John Ford 234th overall. Perhaps they will both make the team, but that's not a guarantee. This is going to be an uphill climb. But guys, John Ford is a beast. He is strong. He is athletic. He is a space eater. If he does get his opportunities to play regularly in the National Football League, it's not going to be easy to get out of that guy's way and run on him. So uh, I'm so happy for Ford getting drafted. And this is the good for Miami again. Fourth longest streak in the country. Longest streak in the ACC. This is the 48th consecutive year that the University of Miami has had at least one player drafted in the NFL draft. That goes back to 1975. So that is something to be proud of. That is absolutely something to be proud of. 48 consecutive years. Um, it goes to show you, and then this streak started, by the way, seven, eight years before Miami even became a footballing institution. Because in 1975, for those who watch Billy Corbin's The U documentary, you'll recall that was the era when they were giving away free tickets at local Burger Kings and they still couldn't fill up the stadium. So we've come a long way, okay? Uh, the bad news here is, in terms of Miami's program prestige, and I know that the drafts are cyclical and all that, and some years you're going to be much higher, some years lower. Only having one player selected, and that selection coming in the seventh round, statistically, this is the worst NFL draft the Miami Hurricanes have had since 1980. Breathe that in for a second. Now, I was born in 1984, and I feel like I'm old, <laughs> okay? In April of 1980, Ronald Reagan was still seven months away from being elected. In April of 1980 was the last time Miami had a statistical worst NFL draft output than the Hurricanes just had in 2022. So that's why I bring it back to you guys. This is why someone like Mario Cristobal was needed. Someone who can assemble the coaches to develop talent, right? When you're talking about getting three, four, five-star recruits, you should be able to develop a good number of those into NFL draft prospects. 
You have coaches now like Josh Gaddis and Frank Ponce and Charlie Strong and Jamila Dye and Kevin Smith, and the list goes on and on and on on your staff, who should be able to turn some of these players into NFL prospects, okay? Uh, the other thing is recruiting is going to get better. It's already getting better. So when you can populate your talent pool at the U with more of those four- and five-star type of players, just statistically, you're putting more guys in consideration to be draft picks in the future. And yeah, the results on the field are going to get better. And honestly, considering Miami only had in that senior class only one guy selected and selected late as a seventh-round pick, honestly, the fact that Miami found a way to even win seven games last year Feels like a miracle now. A miracle that was created by people like Tyler Van Dyke, by Rhett Lashley, who was the offensive coordinator last year. He's back at SMU as their head coach now. Great work at Miami over two seasons, Rhett Lashley. Jalen Knighton, who got the bulk of the work at running back last year. He's coming back this year, of course. And yeah, another re... Well, Tyler Van Dyke, did I mention him? Tyler Van Dyke slinging that rock. And slinging that rock... Two players like Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley. And I got to be honest with you, with this draft thing, um, John Ford, I'm happy for him again. Like this is one of the biggest moments in the life of a football player is actually getting your name called at the NFL draft. I'm incredibly happy for him. My prediction last week was that Miami would have two players drafted. So I was wrong about that. It wasn't two, it was one. I was also wrong on who I predicted because I didn't see Ford being the guy getting drafted. I actually thought Bubba Bolden, the safety, and Charleston Rambo, Miami's record-setting single-season receiver from last year, I thought the two of them would get drafted day three. I thought anywhere between best possible case scenario, I thought maybe Bolden could have been a fourth-round pick. He went undrafted. Uh, I thought maybe Charleston Rambo, understanding that he is small and unfortunately did not run well in terms of his 40 time, was in the four fives, I believe. So not running well for a guy under six foot. I thought maybe he could sneak in as a sixth or a seventh-round pick. So here's the way that it's looking for undrafted free agents for Miami. De'Eric King got himself a deal. Now, this is interesting. Now, remember, uh, King is not projecting to be a quarterback at the next level. He is more than likely going to be a wide receiver utility guy. He signed with the New England Patriots. That's obviously interesting. Can the New England Patriots turn him into Weapon X, right? Because... De'Ara King is very dangerous. He may be able to run wildcat type of packages uh, where he can throw the football a little bit, would never be a regular quarterback in New England, though. Um, he may be able to line up at wide receiver, line up in the slot. So De'Ara King could end up being an interesting weapon for them to experiment with at the next level. Charleston Rambo, record setter. Mike Harley was another record setter. Career receptions record, he set at the U. Uh, Rambo signed with the Carolina Panthers and Mike Harley signed with the Cleveland Browns. Let's look at a couple defensive guys. Miami kept DeAndre Johnson in Miami. The Dolphins have signed him defensive lineman, another defensive lineman, Zach McLeod. You remember he started his career at a linebacker as at linebacker at Miami, had some good years there 
put on some size, moved up uh, with the Big Eaters. He signed with the Minnesota Vikings. Jared Williams, offensive lineman from the U, he signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Devon Donaldson, uh, he accepted an offer to attend rookie minicamp. So this isn't a real contract, but he is going to get a camp tryout with the New York Giants. Amari Carter and Bubba Bolden uh, have reached contract agreements. This, by the way, uh, courtesy of the Miami Hurricane Luke Cheney from the campus newspaper notes that uh, Amari Carter reached agreement with the Chicago Bears and Bubba Bolden reached agreement with the Seattle Seahawks. The Bolden thing, it's honestly puzzling to me. For him, it must have come down to the fact that he missed about half of the football season last year with a shoulder injury, so maybe there were some questions on how he recovered from that. I did see some chatter about people studying tape on Bolden and not feeling like he was taking great tackling angles. Now, I know part of that he actually blamed on playing through shoulder pain, which may have affected his tackling at certain points last season, but... Um, in the eyes of a lot of these scouts, the film doesn't lie. And if you see a red flag on film, you don't want to mess around with it. So I think that, I think those are probably the primary reasons coming off injury, coming off season ending, uh, injury last year. And there being some questions about his tackling, even though I see Bolden as well-rounded safety. And if he gets a fair shake to play somewhere, because that's the thing, you always have to throw that out there. Players who go undrafted, don't always get a fair shake because once you have that undrafted free agent label and teams are trying to force feed opportunities to players they did draft, the NFL is not always a meritocracy. Like in the NFL, where you're drafted, how much money and resources were invested in you, it does give those players an advantage over the guys who are brought in as camp bodies or UFAs. So I hope Bolden gets a fair shake in Seattle I think if there's anyone who can give him that, it's Pete Carroll. I hope he has an open mind and his staff there. Because if he gets a fair shake to play, I think Bubba Bolden could be the type of player where three, four years down the road, he's holding down a starting job in Seattle or somewhere else, and you're saying, wow, how was that guy not drafted? And Charleston Rambo, the receiver, same thing. Uh, I think he has an opportunity, if he can get on the field, to turn some heads. It can't be a coincidence to me that this guy can go out there, major college football, power five, catch 79 balls last year, 79 for 1,172 yards, setting single season Miami records, seven touchdown receptions last year. Those numbers are not coincidental. Caught a 60-yard bomb. Those are not coincidental numbers. I think Charleston Rambo, he's slight of frame, and he did not run as fast uh, without pads and without a football when you're talking about controlled 40 times as people expected he would. So that hurt his draft stock clearly. But I think Rambo, if he gets an opportunity, is going to prove some people wrong. But again, folks, this is why a program like Miami, who has been an NFL draft factory, for the last almost 40 years, you deserve a coach who can recruit and develop that sort of talent. The development being the even bigger part because Miami in recent years has gotten players that on paper coming out of high school should be good enough to mold into NFL prospects. Having one player drafted, only one in the seventh round for Miami, that's inexcusable. Mario Cristobal is going to change that. 
Uh, for what this is worth, I was looking at some literature about uh, Cristobal's former team, Oregon, heading into next year. I'm not saying they're going to have eight first-round picks. That would be ridiculous. But they do have eight players preseason who could be candidates to become first-round picks by next year. So those are all players Mario Cristobal recruited. We need that sort of success and output here at Miami. We were not getting that from Manny Diaz. Mario Cristobal, I believe, is capable of bringing that back to the U. Speaking of bringing things to the U, we got two options for a new football stadium. One of these options, I think, is complete BS. The other option could become a reality. My new reality, guys, has been a slimmer, better output on health and fitness, and a big part of that for me has been Built Bar. Guys, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Yeah, I'm going on a couple of those this year, guys. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. My son loves Built Bar. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. Guys, I have lost 50 pounds since October, and a big part of that for me was replacing my candy bars, which are full of just sugar and all sorts of bad stuff for you, replacing that with Built Bar. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. They're really good. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? You're going to go crazy for the Puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie. That's my per personal favorite. And even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories, man. Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the Mixed Box. The mix box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. You know what my favorite flavor is? Oh, yeah, it's the white chocolate cookies and cream. Guys, when I see that in the cupboard and I pull out one of those bars, I just I, I start to get goosebumps. They're so good. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, just 4 net carbs, and 17 action-packed grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 bloating calories, 30 grams of sugar, that's a lot, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com and get all your favorites, like banana cream pie, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Some very exciting news for this channel. Uh, we appreciate the way we've been growing over the past month. It's been a month and a day since I took over Locked on Canes, and I see the download numbers, the interactions, the reviews. Thank you guys so much for rating five stars and reviewing. Everything's been really fun for me for the past month. We're going to be launching YouTube later this week. We're going to have our YouTube channel up and running. So not only do you get to listen to my passionate ramblings about Miami football, you get to look me in the crazy eyes as well. So look forward to YouTube being added. And I think we're going to be debuting that tomorrow when we bring on our awesome guest, Brad Tejada. Brad Tejada from Kane's Insight 
who does an awesome job analyzing Miami football and the recruiting scene, is going to join us on Tuesday. So be looking forward to that. And guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter. It's free to follow. And we will follow you back. How about that? At Locked On Canes. Follow Locked On Canes on Twitter. We will shoot you a follow back as we continue to build the community together. And on every Thursday episode, we go to interactions. We read your tweets. We take your questions, your comments. We usually have a topic of the week, but you don't have to stick to it. If you want to ask us a question about the show, about Miami football, basketball, baseball, Fire away, and we incorporate those into every Thursday episode. Over the past few months, big topic of conversation pertaining to the U with all of this new uh, life and cash being injected into the football program and the athletic department as a whole. Can we get ourselves an on-campus stadium? Probably not. How about a closer-to-campus stadium that we can call our own? There are options being thrown around. Now, most of what we've been reading going back to around December has been thrown out there by John Ruiz of LifeWallet, who has become the NIL king, and he wants to invest heavily into Miami's infrastructure as well. But we had a new possibility enter the mix. I was watching a little bit of this late last week, Thursday, uh, and, you know, you're going to wonder, how does this have anything to do with Miami football? But Jorge Mas, who owns Inter Miami, the Major League Soccer team, had his big commission hearing this past Thursday. It ended up being a four-hour-long meeting, four-plus-hour-long meeting um, about securing the rights to build the new soccer stadium on the Mel Reese Golf Course near Miami International Airport. They want to call this Miami Freedom Park. They ended up getting the vote four to one. It passed through the commission. But part of that hearing, Commissioner Joe Carollo had a bunch of requests for Jorge Moss. He talked about Moss considering when they build this stadium at Miami Freedom Park, which they're talking about being somewhere between 25,000 to 30,000 seats, I think closer to 25K, he asked him if he would consider making the stadium a little bit bigger, around 45000 and sharing it with the University of Miami football team. And boy, did this get people talking. And yeah, Jorge Mas said, uh, or, or this is a quote from, from Corolo before we get to Mas here. Obviously, the stadium would have to grow larger, he said, from 27000 uh, from the 27 to 28 that they're planning to 45,000 or 50,000. But I think this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the University of Miami and the city of Miami to have a new stadium in soccer, international soccer, and University of Miami football, he said. Uh, and Jorge Mas, and remember, even though he, you know, he's not that directly affiliated with the University of Miami, his brother is. His brother, Jose Mas, is on the board of trustees. And actually, I think Jorge and Jose both played a big part in getting Mario Cristobal here. So this is what Jorge said, quote, I'm an alum. My brother and I love the University of Miami, especially my brother, he said, who's very engaged in the athletic program at the university now. I think there would be no better time or at least explore the possibility of having the football team at the new stadium for a multitude of reasons, such as its proximity to campus. 
He said, one of the worst parts of the Marlins deal, besides what it did to taxpayers, is it took the University of Miami out of that site and out of the Orange Bowl. That was a travesty for the city of Miami. So I hope to return the University of Miami to our city. So first thing here, when I was watching that exchange between Corolo and Jorge Moss, to me it felt like one of those things where Moss was just going to say whatever he had to say to make it sound like, yeah, I will do whatever you guys want if you just vote this through, <laughs> right? You want to talk about putting University of Miami in there? Why not? Why wouldn't I explore that? That sounds fantastic. So when, and, and it seemed like a pretty spontaneous request from Corolo, by the way. Like it, it didn't really seem like that was on the agenda. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it didn't seem to me like that was something that Jorge Mas was there to talk about, right? He was strictly talking about Inter Miami, the office park, and the hotel complex he wants to build, and the stadium itself at Miami Freedom Park. Like it sounded to me like that was a little bit of a spontaneous thing. And in that moment, Mr. Moss just wanted to say, whatever I have to say to make you smile and vote this through, go on ahead. Now, because where I look at this from a University of Miami perspective, I don't like that idea. Would it be closer to campus? Yes. Are there any other positives in the plus column? I honestly don't think so. Like, I... If we're sharing stadiums here, now I know Miami currently shares their stadium, right? Hard Rock Stadium, they are a tenant. If you're going to be a tenant at someone else's stadium, would you rather be the tenant sharing a stadium with an NFL team at one of the top NFL facilities in the United States of America? Because Hard Rock Stadium is very, very nice and very, very state-of-the-art. Would you want to share your stadium, your very large stadium, I think 68,000 or so at full capacity, would you rather share that stadium or would you rather share a 45,000-seat pink stadium for a Major League Soccer team? If you're talking about sharing a stadium, stay at Hard Rock Stadium. I don't care if Miami Freedom Park would be, you know, like 11 miles closer to campus than Hard Rock Stadium is. I don't think that's worth it. I don't think it's worth finding a way out of your lease because they have like eight more years left on that Hard Rocks or more than that. I think they're going to have eight years left at the time when Miami Freedom Park opens. They've got over a decade left on their lease right now. It's not worth getting out of that lease to go to an inferior facility because you can't tell me for as nice as they make that Miami Freedom Park, you can't tell me it's going to be nicer for an American football team, maybe for a soccer team, but you can't tell me it's going to be better for a football team than Hard Rock Stadium is. So I don't like that idea, and I'm not that worried that they're actually going to do it because, guys, John Ruiz has been talking nonstop for months about wanting to bankroll Miami football's own stadium. And I think the most likely spot for that would be Tropical Park, which is only a few miles away from campus, right? Tropical Park, for those who know the area, off of Bird Road, right near the Palmetto Expressway. So you do have highway access, although the Palmetto's a nightmare. <laughs> we all know that. But, you know, Tropical Park is not far away at all from the University of Miami campus. And there's a lot of real estate there to build something and still have some space left for the park. That, to me, sounds like the winner, especially if that is 
an exclusive facility for University of Miami football. Something that you can make. Give it some Miami flavor. Have your own ring of honor, a permanent ring of honor that's not duct tape on Saturdays onto the Dolphins' ring of honor the way that it is at Hard Rock Stadium. Get yourself some orange and green seats. Get yourself some University of Miami-specific architecture. Make it your own home. Honestly, if you're going to leave Hard Rock Stadium, leave it the right way. Don't leave Hard Rock Stadium as a tenant to become a tenant at an inferior facility. The only way that I leave Hard Rock Stadium is if I'm getting a building of my own. And if Ruiz is able and willing to bankroll that, that's the way I'm going to go. Forget about Miami Freedom Park. Let David Beckham and Jorge Moss enjoy that for the soccer team. Find your own spot or stick at Hard Rock Stadium. I think those are the only choices. I uh, Now, to be fair, the University of Miami athletic director did say he would consider this Miami Freedom Park proposal. But again, why would you not consider everything? Dan Radakovich said this, I am excited about the opportunity to look into this, he said. Jose and his brother, Jorge, are incredible benefactors of the institution and specifically athletics. So with this great news for them, we certainly want to look at it and see if we can be a part of the project down the road. I hope the answer is no. For me, my number one option is let John Ruiz bankroll your own football stadium. My number two option is stay at Hard Rock Stadium. It's a world-class NFL-quality facility. My number three option is Go play at the soccer stadium. Don't do it. Just don't. Now, according to the report by Michelle Kaufman and the Miami Herald, University of Miami will have 90 days to look into this. So we're going to find out a yay or a nay within the next three months, no later, perhaps sooner. So we will keep our eyes out on that here on Locked on Canes. We're going to put our eyes on one of the most bizarre NIL sagas And, of course, Miami's at the center of it when we come back. I am always keeping my eyes at betonline.net. Guys, this is my number one source for all betting, stats, and sports info. Make it yours. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs in progress, my Miami Heat are in the second round, baby, Heat and Philly, and the Major League Baseball season, which is going on. And, guys, just a hot tip. I'm looking at betonline.net and I see Tyler Van Dyke 33 to 1 to win the Heisman. You could do worse than putting a few dollars on that, guys. Live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So much great info that you need to get the edge at BetOnline. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your pods. Uh, late last week, there was uh, a, a frustrating saga with University of Miami basketball guard Isaiah Wong, who at the end of the day has decided not to enter the transfer portal. On Thursday night, his NIL agent, a- Adam Pappas of Next Sports Agency, in my opinion, put his foot in his mouth. You're putting a spotlight on your collegiate athlete client that was completely unnecessary. So Wong's agent said this, if Isaiah and his family don't feel that the NIL number meets their expectations, 
they will be entering the transfer portal on Friday while maintaining his eligibility in the NBA draft and going through the draft process. So that part of it, remember in basketball, you can declare for the draft and then change your mind. You just have to change your mind by June 1st. Um, I do not believe Isaiah Wong will end up entering the draft because he's not going to be picked. He might be picked next year after a good season. But this NIL thing, it, it's, it's, it was a bad look for his agent to come out and say it um, because, first of all, it looks like you are kind of holding your current institution hostage while also sending the message that, hey, like I'm here for the highest bidder. If, if somebody can make me an offer that's better than what I'm getting in Miami, I can be bought. So I'm not saying that's morally wrong because obviously NBA free agents, NFL free agents and the like operate that way. But that's just literally not how NIL works. Like there there are very few rules in place for, for NIL. These break the few rules that are in place. So you cannot do this. And so that, that was bad agenting. Now, Isaiah Wong made a statement uh, after his agent statement and said, the recent statements made without any authorization on my behalf do not reflect my views, and in no way was I willing to jeopardize my relationship with LifeWallet or the University of Miami, Wong said. After discussing the matter with my family, I was able to clarify my intentions and resolve any misunderstandings with both organizations and have since agreed to move forward with established agreements made prior to any confusion. My priority is to act with the highest level of character and integrity any further statements will be made by me personally. So the agent done screwed up there, okay? And yeah, uh, John Ruiz confirmed that Wong is not entering the portal and that he is sticking with his life wallet deal. He has a contract. That contract cannot be renegotiated. It cannot be. He is sticking to that contract. Ruiz did say he wants to help Zay get additional NIL deals. There's nothing wrong with that. Getting more deals is not against any rules, but renegotiating the current deal apparently is. So that will not be happening. And um, unfortunately, this whole saga made the whole system look bad, quite frankly. I'm glad Isaiah Wong came out personally and put the pin back in the grenade. Remember on tomorrow's show, we're going to be bringing on a very popular reporter, analyst who covers the University of Miami for Canes Insight. Brad Tejada is going to join us. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on ACC. Locked on ACC gives you all of your daily Atlantic Coast Conference news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.